All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and joining me once again, my good friend Guy from My Digital Money. Guy, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you? Oh, can't complain. Went to the beach yesterday. I actually, I went swimming in the Atlantic for the first time since moving to Florida, and I got the the tar kicked out of me, dude. Like, I don't know what was going on. The waves were super, super, uh, uh, like, large and very, very strong, and I must have gotten rocks. Like, I feel like I got hit by a car, like, in my lower back. Uh, I know, maybe it's just that I'm 44, but... That's why you have this glow. I have the same glow, I think, because I was at the beach yesterday, only in the Pacific, though. Right on, right on. Well, guys, just for everybody at home, tell them uh, you know who you are and what My Digital Money does. Yeah, I'm the president and co-founder of My Digital Money. Uh, we have a self-trading platform that al- allows you to buy and sell crypto in an IRA, um, so you get the tax advantages uh, where you can essentially take your gains and put them back in and take advantage of compound growth. You know, you don't have to worry about paying taxes until you retire. Um, or if it's a Roth IRA, you, you know, you don't pay anything on the gains. So, you know, the compound growth, if you compare that to a regular taxable account side by side, um, you end up with a lot more, uh, wealth. So, um, we allow people to do that. We also allow people to invest, uh, using cash and we just try to make it as easy as, uh, to use as possible. Uh, and we have phone support in the U S so you can call. So it's kind of to reduce the friction well, that's why we started to re- reduce the friction, uh, for, you know, common people. Um, who want a little more comfort um, when they're investing, just kind of widen the access um, because we believe in the long-term value of crypto. Um, we think uh, there's a lot of advantages um, in terms of, you know, keeping up with inflation and in terms of having another option uh, in case something happens with the dollar, right? Absolutely. So yeah, if you guys want to check it out, obviously the link is in the description below. And you know, you're here because I believe in the the future value of cryptocurrency. Uh, I hold a, a bunch of crypto myself, and I think that one of the the main draws to cryptocurrency. Uh, is because it's decentralized. It is outside of the hands of any federal government, any local government. Uh, you know, it's really bringing back the power to the people monetarily. And for some people, it's difficult to grasp because there's nothing physical there, but there is a storage of value. And, you know, as a result, federal governments across the, the world are really catching on to that. And there's been a lot of talk recently about a central bank digital currency now, that's, to me, uh, kind of antithetical to what makes cryptocurrency amazing, because putting it into the hands of a, a federal government is going to take all that control away from the people. What do you think the chances are that the United States could potentially develop their own central bank digital currency? Yeah, I, I think the chances are good, but not uh, in the short term. I think that is going to take a very long time uh, to figure out how to do it. Uh, because there's so many challenges uh, in, in building this. Um, and if they do develop it, it's not that it's going to replace crypto. I think crypto will still be a great option. Having Bitcoin, you know, there's there, there'll be a purpose to having that. And then there'll be a purpose to having state-backed, uh, you know, currency in a digital form as well. Um, but yeah, I think that the the, the main challenge with the C- CBDC uh, that the government has is, you know, if you go to this model, there's different operating models that you can have. If you have the operating model, that's the unilateral, uh, I call it the unilateral CBDC model. That means that the central bank is issuing uh, the digital currency and distributing it. Uh, and they essentially become the, the retail 
bank and that they don't want to do that because that's going to uh, affect the financial stability of the economy. It's going to disrupt the private sector because the the depository function of a bank then moves uh, to the central bank and, and they don't want to do that. So the, the alternative is to have some kind of operating model where you issue a wholesale digital currency um, and the banks distribute it. Um, but the, the problem with that is that it's not that different than what we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, so the challenge is to come up with something, uh, some other model um, that, you know, allows the, the government some control, but also um, makes it, it solves a lot of the issues that we have with fiat, which, you know, like transaction fees and the speed and, and also, you know, can make it more fair for other countries. Cause I think the world uh, wants a more fair system, right. Uh, where, you know, you don't have the, the main issue or ha- having this unfair advantage, according to, to the f- former prime minister of, uh, of France. Uh, that's how he characterized it as an unfair advantage. Um, I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, 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 you know, I think that, uh, the, the market kind of wants that. So you're in danger of getting, uh, having this private decentralized system. And I mean, the U S is, is afraid of that. Um, and so the challenge is to come up with something where there's still some control, um, because the government would never accept anything that's out of its control. Right. Right. Um, so, so that's the challenge is to come up with something that solves a lot of the problems and takes away the threat of this private decentralized system taking over. Um, so, so, so I think that's why they, the, there's that executive order with all the, you know, uh, there's like research being done, um, but there's no clear solution right now. So I think even if they roll something out, that's a wholesale system, it's not going to be adopted initially because, no one's going to want to use something that, uh, you know, the government is controlling and, uh, you know, there's privacy issues and, you know, you can shut down my account. There's even more control than they have now. Right. Yeah. Th- um, th- and that's what I'm most worried about. You know, I mean, inflation is already a huge problem. It would be great if we could do something long term about that. Um, but the idea of like the Fed releasing their own digital currency, having your bank account directly connected to them, uh, you know, giving them total control over the the flow in and out. If you don't get Fed coin, you know, then perhaps you don't have the ability to buy food. If you are a dissident, if you're producing uh, an alternative news show like this, you know, you might get yourself shut down. I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, cons. I mean, can what are really, I mean, legit, I want you to argue for me on this. You know, what would a pro be for producing a uh, central bank digital currency? I mean, how would that really be anywhere in the best interest of the American people? Yeah, um, well, I, I'm not for it, so it's hard. It's hard to say pro, it, but it, uh, it, just let me say it, it's OK well, if you say there are no pros, because well, I mean, I'd really say the, the pro to some consumers is that, you know, you would have. Uh, lower fees, right? Maybe it would be more accessible to to people that don't don't have uh, as much access to banks, right? Um, so like it gives you another option for a government backed uh, currency where you have more more access, right? Uh, because right now the the fees might be too high for you. Um, it might be too hard for you to to get banking access. Well, and, and let me ask you to specifically define, like, what fees are you talking about? You're talking about, like, a 35-cent uh, credit card transaction fee? Are you talking about, like, I have, like, routinely $25 in just random bank transaction fees every month. Is that the kind of fee you're talking about, or are you talking about a yeah, different that one? Yeah, that or transferring money abroad um, or, 
Yeah, just uh, you know, checking account fees or and and also you have to be approved and and all that, right? Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, there's there's a lot of barriers and a lot of reasons why people don't have uh, you know bank accounts, right? And so this would provide another system um, that would be you know just more accessible. So let me ask you this: I mean, money is already essentially sent in a digital form. I mean. The vast majority of like the money that banks have on their ledgers, I mean, it doesn't really exist. I mean, like they, you know, fractional reserve lending, they get $100,000 in cash and then they can send out uh, so many dollars based upon that. So the money is already not there and they're charging fees for it. You know, how is that any different really than what we would have if we had a central bank digital currency? Because, I mean, we've already got gas fees. We've already got transaction fees. Like if I send Bitcoin uh, or Ethereum or whatever it is from one wallet that I own to another wallet that I own, I'm still paying something to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the system ends up being where the, the digital, uh, the CDBC is backed by, you know, actual, uh, fed assets. Um, and then the difference is when you have, when you have the CBDC, you actually have it, right. You're, it's not like an IOU, but you actually have that, uh, because it would be on the blockchain. Yeah. It would be on the blockchain. And so you, you actually, uh, it's not, you know, you, you can, in theory, it's, it's liquid, right? If it's backed by fed assets, which are, have a high liquidity, like let's say it's us treasuries. Um, or you can imagine in the future, some people think that you can have a, a, a like a super national, uh, bond market where the, the currency is not, uh, it's not just us treasuries that are the main, uh, that, but it's, it could be some kind of supranational currency, um, that you can have. So, but yeah, so that's the main difference is you actually have the money in your hands. So in theory, maybe you can, you can actually do more with it, right. Instead of having to go withdraw it. Um, but the government still has control over it. So that's, that's where the big disadvantage is because if you have Bitcoin, you actually have Bitcoin, but no one can tell you how to use it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, how in Ukraine recently, the Ukrainian government banned, um, you know, being able to buy Bitcoin um, with the local currency because they don't, they want to prevent outflows um, from their system. Right. And so, you know, if the, if you already have Bitcoin, no one really can prevent you mm-hmm. from using it. Um, but, and so that's the advantage of it. That's why I always preach to have some Bitcoin in your portfolio is that you have some safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, having a, you know, gold or something else because it's in your possession. Right, right. I I actually wanted to ask you about that uh, with uh, the Ukrainian government. So is this like uh, an indefinite halting to to buying crypto with Ukrainian money, or is it simply just a a temporary stopgap as long as there's a war going on? Uh, And in my view, I I think it's temporary until, you know, the the threat is, is of the outflows is eliminated. Um, and, and it's not that they can't buy any, but there's a limit, right? And so they put these controls in place. So that's always, that's always the, uh, the risk with government backed money. Right. Um, that's why I I preach, you know, having Bitcoin in your portfolio. I'm I'm not saying, you know, that Bitcoin is going to be the world reserve currency, but it's another option. Um, it's a safety net. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do do you think the government, the U S government, and obviously there's a lot of instability right now and, you know, Europe, Russia, they're they're moving away from using the U.S. dollar as the world, as their reserve currency. Uh, we've got issues buying oil now. 
the dollar is just not going as far as it used to. Do you think that there's a legitimate fear in the U.S. government that perhaps the dollar could be overtaken by crypto? I mean, obviously, you know, the price of one Bitcoin is far superior to the to the value of a single dollar right now. Do you think that's a legit concern? Yeah, I I definitely think it's a concern. Um, And it's I mean, in my view, I don't think it's uh, short term. Uh, like it's something that would happen in the short term. It would take, you know, 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, and also I don't think that Bitcoin would be really the ideal uh, currency for that. Um, but there's always uh, a chance that some kind of you know, private uh, currency is created. And I mean, the, and the best, the best uh, people that are qualified to do that would be in the U S and in Silicon Valley. Right. And, um, actually, it's, it's been attempted before with Facebook, right? When they created yeah, Libra, right. right? And so they kind of went nowhere, Libra. though, didn't it? Right, because of the resistance from from the regulators, mm-hmm. um, and and that shows you they don't want they don't want that, right? Um, because they, essentially, the way Facebook sold it was as a payment system, not as a a currency to replace the you know world reserve currency. Um, but it had the danger of becoming that, right? Because it was a stable coin and essentially, um, because Facebook has so many users and such a big user base, um, it could have became that world reserve currency over time. Well, and Um, they have that, you have a huge marketplace, don't they? Where people are doing all kinds of transactions just, uh, amongst each other. Right. Yeah. And, and so basically Facebook was, uh, in discussions with the regulators, um, they had to, you know, uh, speak in front of Congress and, um, yeah, they, they were putting a lot of hurdles in place. So Facebook ended up selling it off. Uh, but I, I still think that another private company can come in the future and create something and try to, you know, sell it to the central banks around the world. Um, and then perhaps there can be a system where, um, you know, the, the governments work with the private sector to create something, but it probably won't be fully decentralized. I think it'll be, you know, more of a hybrid model, but, uh, I mean, there's always that risk, right. That, that private sector comes in, and, but I don't think that Bitcoin would become the global reserve currency. Are there, um, are but, there any other like big Silicon Valley companies that are, are talking about creating their own cryptocurrencies? I mean, I feel like Libra was the last one that I heard about. Yeah. I, I don't know of any ones uh, recently. Um, you know, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there are people working on it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the government is definitely, uh, concerned about it. And that's part of this whole effort, this, you know, executive order, right. Uh, is to come up with a system that, I mean, hopefully it, it solves some of the problems that, that exists that, uh, you know, Bitcoin and, and others are trying to solve. That's what, at least that's their mindset. Um, and that's why they're, they're coming up with this, uh, and also other countries are, are doing it. So if, if China leads it or, or some other country leads it, then they're at an advantage and they potentially their digital CBDC can become the world reserve currency. You know, I think it's uh, you know obvious that the U.S. government, they they want to know as much as they can about crypto. And more than more importantly, they want to know as much as they can about how much crypto you particularly hold, you know, like every single individual person, because I had to pay taxes on my crypto for the first time this year. And like. That really chaps me <laughs> because <How was> that? <laughs> I, I haven't even taken any profits, you know, I mean, and it's like and it could evaporate tomorrow, you know, so like they're forcing you to pay taxes on this stuff. That's like you haven't actually realized it's unrealized yeah. gains. I feel like it's so unfair. 
Definitely. I mean, the tax law has to catch up for sure with NFTs. Also, it's extremely unfair. Yeah. Uh, you have to pay when you don't even have any uh, liquidity. Um, and so, yeah, that there's a big challenge there. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a whole regulatory framework that has to develop too, and around stable coins as well. Um, because stable coins are, are, you know, is there's a potential to use stable coin as a world reserve currency, I think in the future, um, because stable coin actually is not volatile, right? The price remains the same. That's the problem with Bitcoin as a reserve currency is too volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a stable coin, you can use it as that. And then there's no control. Uh, you know, you, it's, it's decentralized. So there's no one telling, you know, telling you what you can and can't buy, um, and freezing your assets. Right. So, uh, so I think stable coins are, you know, we, I think the government is working hard to, to kind of come up with a regulatory framework, figure out what the framework is. So um, what, what do you think about uh, the future of uh, decentralized finance? You know, there's all these different platforms and exchanges and wallets. Like, as an example, you know, I, uh, I saw in one of the, the wallets that I have, uh, they were offering people like a 10% return. Like you transfer a certain amount uh, of uh, American dollars into, uh, you know, a stable coin like Tether or U.S. dollar coin and we'll pay you 10% interest for as long as you hold it. Um, you know, is this where the future of like small business lending and uh, lending for individuals is going to go? Because, uh, you know, I saw it's, it's, you know, it's only like 1% interest rate that you have to uh, pay on the money that you borrow against stuff that you already own. It seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah. I mean, definitely decentralized finance is, uh, is I think the future of finance, uh, because the system we have is, you know, from the Renaissance. And, and even though, you know, people might say, Oh, it's, uh, the system is, is become more digital. Um, it's really the same system. It's just that there's systems to help track, uh, there's a, you know, technology that helps you track that antiquated system. Right. And so it's, it's more, it's barely, it's basically just, uh, you know, more advanced account. It's accounting, right. It's really the accounting systems that have, have improved, um, the, the monetary system is really the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we have this new monetary system that's more decentralized. Um, so that's where you have Bitcoin and you have these stable coins, but in order for them to be effective, you need to design the system around them, right. To, to essentially have a, this new system, which is called decentralized finance. Um, and that allows you to actually leverage your, your new currency, right. And so you can lend out your Bitcoin, um, using these protocols, right. These decentralized protocols uh, or applications. Um, and I, and definitely you're already seeing these, you know, pop up, um, where I can loan my money to someone else. Um, and there's a lot of other applications as well, but I think one that will become common, uh, will be replacing the, um, the bond market. Like, Mm -hmm. so basically having digital bonds, um, I think that one would, you know, could be the first, the first major area that would disrupt the traditional finance system. Um, but yeah, the, the, the future of decentralized finance, you know, it's going to take time. Um, I think 10 plus years really, uh, but it's something to keep in mind in the, in the back of your mind as you're investing, you know, looking at these, you know, decentralized protocols and you can invest in them. Right. Um, yeah. but my digital money, we have some coins that, um, basically are these, some of them are these DeFi protocols. Um, and I would encourage your listeners to, um, you know, go on mydigitalmoney.com and, and read up about different protocols, just get educated because, 
you know, I, I do think that this will replace our traditional financial system. It's going to take time though. Mm-hmm. So this is the time to invest, to get in early. Right. Yeah. Um, because I mean, you know, if you buy Bitcoin now, I mean, you know, you're only going to make so many gains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you think about it when back in the day, if you would have invested, you know, even a hundred dollars, it would be millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, I think there's an opportunity with decentralized finance protocols, um, which have coin, they have tokens, right? So you can actually invest in them early on. Yeah. I, you know, I kick myself every time I see, uh, the price of Bitcoin and think back, you know, like, uh, man, how long ago I started looking into Bitcoin and just kind of never really, you know, bothered until a certain point. So either way, you know, it, it hopefully there'll be some other well, there's major still opportunities. There's still, there yeah, is, I mean, there is, but I'm just saying, I hope there's going to be another whale out there real soon. So, I mean, and, and, and on that note, final question, you know, what do you look for, uh, when you are perusing the crypto markets for, you know, other coins to invest in, because obviously there's so many of them. There's uh, opportunities for fraud with certain types of coins, the way they're structured. Um, you know, Safe Moon comes to mind because they're uh, under investigation by the FBI and the DOJ, I believe, and perhaps the FEC, excuse me, SEC, um, because they basically rug pulled everybody. And this is something you'll be hearing a, a lot about recently. Somebody will make like a, um, like, a, I don't know, just like their own coin. People put a ton of money in and then the creator of the coin rug pulled and they get millions of dollars and then the people who thought they were investing in something good end up losing everything. Yeah. So I look at uh, various things. One is the founding team, right? So, so looking to see that they have a track record um, and what else they've done, right? So the credibility is important. Um, probably with a lot of rug pulls, the founders were, you know, not as, as well known, right? Um and so that's one thing. The, the other is just the technology itself, right? Is looking to see uh, how decentralized it is, right? Um, if you're not technical, then it's hard to go and look at the code base uh, and, and figure out, you know, if you're protected against these types of things. Um, but you can follow, you know, certain credible uh, analysts that are technical um, and, potential, and potentially do your research to try to figure out if, you know, this technology is sound. Um, so that's another thing. And then longevity, obviously, to, personally, I look at that. Um, but obviously, I don't want them to be around for 10 years because by then it's, you know, I'm not in early, but it's a balance, right? Um, I don't want to be like among the very first ones. Um, unless, you know, if I really, if it's really something unique and I, and the founders are, are well known and it's very early, I might, I might invest just whatever I can afford to lose. You know, so I'll put in a little bit, right? And then as it becomes more mature um, and there's more longevity, then I might put in more and more and more, right? So you don't have to put everything in at once. Um, so you might want to have a really risky bucket um, that has a big upside. But in general, I mean, I, yeah, I look at the longevity and I look at what others, uh, who you know, other reputable investors, if they're investing as well. Solid plan, I would say. All right. Well, Guy, thank you once again for being here. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I would encourage everybody to check out My Digital Money if you want to learn more. Yeah, definitely go to MyDigitalMoney.com. And you can always reach us by phone as well. Um, and that's uh, 833-636-2008. Okay. In order to avoid another 2008. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here and everybody at home. Good luck and God bless. We'll see you tonight.